Okay, I think I'm there. Lots of technology going on this morning. Morning, everybody. Great to see faces in the house. Woohoo! Um, and we're singing now. So for those at home, we were singing. We were going for it. Great songs there, Derek, as you chose them. Thank you very much. Um, so I've got my sermon on my phone this morning as well. So. Okay, we've been looking at a theme throughout July of time, thinking about the time is now. We looked at Ecclesiastes, we looked at other, other elements of time. And I want to look at a moment when time is running out. Now, I don't necessarily mean when you're coming to the end of your life. It's not going to be all morbidly focused about the last few weeks or months of our lives. But it might be um, uh, the end of work before, you know, you, maybe you're going to go on holiday. You're going to take a week off in a week's time. My boss has just gone on holiday. Uh, and this week he was completely mad. He said, I've got so much to do. And so, you know, he, there he was. He had one more week before he went on holiday. Maybe it's going to be your summer holidays as the children are off school, that they're going to take some time and there'll be some time ahead to do things. Uh, but I really want to focus on when time is running out, what do we do? I want to start off with a little story. Um, I heard this from somebody else, but I like it. So Bob and Joe were driving down the road one day. They had a large car and they were driving the car together, but they were both a little short-sighted and they were both little men. But they were sitting in this big car driving along the road and Bob, who's sitting in the passenger seat as they're cruising along, looks up through the window and notices that they've just driven through some red traffic lights. And then he thinks, I wasn't really sure about that. He turns to the, uh, Joe in the, in the uh, driving seat uh, and then Joe seems quite happy. So he says, oh, I must have missed that. I must have misunderstood what was going on there. But he thought, I, I'm sure we went through a red light. After a few more minutes, they come to another intersection. And uh, so he's paying attention this time. And he looks up, and they go through another red light. And he thinks, oh, my goodness, is J- J- does Joe know what's going on here? And so, so he thinks, well, maybe I've maybe I still got it wrong. So he's keeping an eye on Joe now and making sure Joe's watching the, the, the traffic lights as they come up to him. They come up to the third intersection, red traffic light on. Uh, and, and Joe's happily looking through the windscreen, um, and, um, and Bob says, Joe, did you realise we've just gone through three red traffic lights? And Joe turns to him and said, am I driving? <laughs> there's a moment when things go on. There's a, there's a time when things go on that, you know, sometimes we don't feel in control of stuff. Yeah, when time is running off out, we often feel out of control. If you've ever had a deadline, you're about, to, you're about to go and get on a train, you're about to go on a plane on holiday, you're about to, and there's a time which you cannot move. It cannot move. And so you know that if you don't get there, you're going to miss the plane, you're going to miss your holiday, uh, you're going to miss the meeting. You're going to miss, uh, and there are certain times in life when there are things we really don't want to miss. So what do we do? We get up early, don't we, on those days? We get up early, maybe the night before, we've even planned and prepared. And as we've planned and prepared for things, uh, we've just looked at, okay, what can I do in advance so that I don't have to consider so many things on that morning? We prioritise. So let's look at some scriptures and see what God says, first of all. And I I will just remind us about how God talks about how, how much time we have. 
You know, in Job chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Man who is born of a woman is a few days and a full trouble. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. We do know that life is finite. finite. Every one of us who is born will die one day. Hopefully in, to an eternal life, but will die to this earth. And then in Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5, David writes this, Lord, make me to know my ends. Now, what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am? Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is nothing before you. Certainly, every man is in his best state. And then in Psalm 90, probably the one we know best, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labour and sorrow, for it is soon cut off when we fly away. Time is short, folks. Time is short. It doesn't matter how you want to measure it. Um, you know, we're over halfway through 2021. You know, people are now counting down to Christmas. Time is short. And what do we do when time is short? Well, what we do, as, we, as Job was encouraged to do, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The first thing is to choose life. When time is short, choose life. I am absolutely, I've had the privilege of being by people's um, hospital beds and their home beds when they're coming to the end of their life. And so far, and it's probably tens, hundreds maybe, um, so far no one has ever said to me, I wish I spent more time at work. And I don't think that's going to be your call either. You know, at the, at the end of your year, if you got to the end of 21 and you were reflecting on 2021, maybe you're just about to sit down to dinner with friends and family on New Year's Eve and you're looking back over the year. I am absolutely sure not one of us is going to say, I wish I'd spent more time at work. What we are going to say is things like, I wish I'd spent more time with my loved ones. I wish I'd made more quality time for myself. I wish that I'd spent more time with God. I wish that I'd spent more time looking after myself and my body. If there is a short time, then let's prioritise what's important. Let's choose to do what's good for us. Uh, you might have realised that I've been reading Job recently, by today's sermon, by the way. <clears throat> in Job 12, verse 10, it says these, In whose hand is the breadth, in whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breadth of all mankind? We are in God's hands. We are in God's hands. Uh, a dear lady who's now gone to be with her father, Irene, um, used to live in Pudi Green Road, and I'd see her very regularly during the week. And I'd say, I'll see you tomorrow, I'll see you at church on Sunday. She'd say, God willing. She, she knew that her, her life was in God's hands. And our life is in God's hands. So let's choose and prioritise our time with God and doing what God has for us to do. I don't think God is like a Victorian schoolmaster who's waiting there and says, sit down, stand up, do this, do that. Um, my first job of full-time teaching, I, I taught in Papua New Guinea, and one of the cultures there was whenever a teacher walked in the classroom, everybody stood up and said, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time it was to you. Didn't, did, didn't even matter if another lesson was going on. So if, if a headmaster came into the classroom as another teacher was teaching, if, you, if the headmaster walked in the room, everybody stood up and up. Don't do that anymore. 
But do you know, I wonder what if God walked in our, in, our, in our meeting right now, if God walked into your living room right now, if God walked into your kitchen right now, what would your response be? Would it be, oh, no, I'm not ready for guests yet. Could you come back in a few moments? Just let me put my makeup on if you need makeup, or do my hair, or um, get dressed if you're in your pyjamas. There's been a few moments this last week where a few people have said to me, Dave, um, I'm sorry, my camera's not working. And I thought, you know what? No, this is an early morning call for you. You're in your pyjamas. But they didn't want to come on camera, and that's fine. That was really fine. You know? But there are times when we get caught out. Somebody rings you on the... If you've ever had a FaceTime or somebody's calling you on something and you press and answer it, and then you suddenly realise, I'm still... I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got food around my mouth. I've got a bit of spinach in my teeth or something like that. You know, there's a time when we need to be ready. And the ten virgins, and I'm not going to go into this story, they were waiting for the bridegroom to come, and, and then they fell asleep. Uh, and uh, you know, then, then their oil ran out. Let's be ready for God. Whenever he calls upon us. I'm not just talking about end times now. I'm talking whenever God calls upon us. Let's be ready. Let's be ready. Because he's got good stuff for us to do. I don't know whether anybody's had a sense of calling or an appointment with God in the last week or so. Just simple things sometimes. You know, there have been times uh, when I felt that I should go somewhere for no particular reason. There have been times when I've gone into a particular coffee shop and sat down, not just, be, well, I'll be honest with you, I do like coffee. But, but uh, there have been times when I felt a nudge, a nudge of the Spirit, and felt I should just sit down. And sometimes I've sat down and somebody has then come into the coffee shop. And think, ah, I know what this is all about now. And as I'm sitting there, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up thinking, okay, this is a God moment. This is a God appointment. Let me listen. Let me make the most of this time. And God appointments are not always with other people. Sometimes they're just with God. He just wants to say, just sit down, Dave. Be quiet. Be still. Shut your computer down. Turn your mobile phone off. Let's have a chat. Let me encourage those who live with other people. Husbands, wives, children, families, people who share houses together. When was the last time when you just said, hey, let's just sit down and have a chat? Spending so much time living together, doing stuff together, sometimes it's just good to reflect and to talk and to share. In Genesis 2, verse 10, it says this, now a river went out of Eden to the water of the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The river that fed the garden. You know, in this, anybody enjoyed the heat this week? For, for, for those of us who are um, from other climes, let me put it that way, this is normal. This is normal. For us Brits, this was too hot, too sticky. Um, and for anybody who's moved here from somewhere else and you're staying, saying it's now too hot and too sticky, you become a bit more British. But you know, we need water to water the garden. And one of the things that Julie has encouraged me every time this book, encouraged me, I volunteered a few times as well, I said, shall I water the garden? Because things like hanging baskets, if, if it hasn't been rained on, they're going to be dead in a few days in this heat. So watering now, what about watering the seeds that are in our lives? What are the seeds that have been planted in your bed this week? What are the seeds of thoughts, the seeds of new ideas, the seeds of dreams, the seeds of prophetic words, the seeds of scripture 
that are spoken to you this week? Are you watering them? Are you allowing God to allow your garden to grow? In Ecclesiastes, which we looked at at the beginning of our series, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13, it says this, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. God has some things for us to do. We know the Ten Commandments, we know them well. And we know what Jesus said when he was asked, which is the greatest command? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. It's often known as the golden rule. If you step outside Christian environments, they talk about being the golden rule. Treat others as you expect to be treated yourselves. But you know what? The problem with the golden rule is it leaves out God. The golden rule just talks about you and me and our relationship. And do you know what? If we don't involve God in the equation, then we run out of patience. We run out of love. We run out of space and time. We want to push people away and say, leave me alone. But you know, with God, we can do so much more. God, I believe, multiplies our capacity. Our capacity to love, our capacity to care, our capacity to show others just how much he loves them. In Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, it says this, And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all, I've read this. Actually, I've already quoted this. I, I, I'm ahead of myself now. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So let's do what God's called us to do. I wonder, you know, Scripture talks about how we need to keep accounts of, of, of building something. It says before they built a tower, they, they assessed whether they had the resources, the time, and the funds to do it. And do you know what? Sometimes I think that budget mindset can get in our way with God. We, an opportunity comes our way. A God, a God appointment comes in our direction. Imagine yourself in the high street just about to rush into Tesco's, and then there's a queue, and you think, oh. And then as you're standing in the queue, somebody behind you gives a little bit of an elbow. Actually, this happened for me yesterday. I, was sta- I went into Egham for the vegan fair, and um, I was standing there just minding my own business. Junior and Pauline were going up and down the high street looking at a few stalls, and a lady came up to me. I had my mask on. She had her mask on. She said, hello, David. And I must have looked blankly over those two eyes across the top of the... And, and she then pulled her mask down and said, it's me. And I... I'll be honest with you, I still look blankly at her thinking, I'm sorry, I don't really recognise you. Oh dear. But you know what? My first thought was, oh, I've got things to do because I'm going to meet, meet Julia in a, in a few months. I've got things to do. My first thought was, okay, um, how ca- quickly can I end this conversation? And then I felt, do you know what? No, it's only going to take a few minutes. Just take a breath. So I took a breath and I finished the conversation. And actually it was quite an interesting conversation. I won't go into the details, but I just felt I'd sowed some seeds. Now I wouldn't have sowed those seeds. Even if they were in my pocket ready to be shared, I wouldn't have sown them in her life. I would have probably dropped them on the high street further on. And do you know what? I still got all the jobs that I needed to do done in time. It's so easy to rule out God's opportunity. Do you know what? I think there's a time when urgency, we kind of think, okay, which priorities? And you'll hear the word prioritize quite a few times this morning. 
We've got to, in, when time is running out, we prioritise. What's important, what's not. If you're just about to go on holiday and you've got 67 jobs to do, and maybe on the, on the Monday of the week you'll think which are important, you'll put them into a list. Some of us are list people. And then you'll start doing the first things on the list. By the time you get to Friday and you're going on holiday on Saturday and you've still got 12 things, now you're going, okay, which ones am I not doing? Because they're not going to get done. But all the way through this, we prioritise. But I want to ask this question. Whose priorities are we prioritising on? Is it ours? Because typically, if I'm honest with you, my priority, if I'm going to prioritise, it's going to be around things like which is the easiest to do? Which is, which, which is the easiest to give away? Which is the thing that matters least? Which, you know, and often the important things get crushed because of urgency. Urgency overrides importance many times. And I'll tell you a story. Uh, this is a true story. Um, I'm going to summarize it a bit. But a friend of mine who's a dear, dear, dear Christian guy. Uh, he's in his, how old was he when I got to know him? He's in his late 70s when I first get to know him. I'll name him. Um, he's gone to be with the Lord now. Cyril was his name. He was a hairdresser. He used to work in, in, in Harrods. He was a hairdresser in Harrods as a young man. And um, he was a good Christian guy. He was uh, at church. He often used to take people out for dinner afterwards. He, didn't ha- he had a one-bedroom flat, so he didn't have any place he could take people to. So he'd take someone out for, for lunch after church. Anyway, one of Cyril's best friends at church... Uh, sorry, not at church. One, one of Cyril's best friends fell seriously ill and went into hospital. And Cyril went to see him every day and he got to pray with him every day. But he wasn't a Christian. And Cyril, Cyril felt a nudge from the Holy Spirit. And Cyril said to his mate, I really, tomorrow when I come in, um, I'm, I want to make sure I come in when nobody else is here. I've got something really important to tell you. Because he'd never really shared his faith with his friend. And his, his friend said, Cyril, if it had been important, wouldn't you have told me by now? He said, don't bother. I don't want to hear. That broke Cyril. He realised, he suddenly said, oh my goodness, he's right. If it was that important, and he was a dear friend, I would have told him by now. And church, I want to encourage us, in that sense of urgency, in that that time of urgency, are we prioritising as God would have us prioritise? In Romans 13, verses 8 to 10, it says this, Owe no one anything to love one another, except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up saying, namely, surely shall love your neighbour as yourself. Love does not harm to love does not love does no harm to a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. If there's nothing more important than you and I can do today, it's to turn to someone and say, I love you. If there's nothing more important than we can do today, it's to turn to someone and say, I love you. And I don't mean you know I don't mean out of habit. I don't mean the time. Do, do it at a different... If, if you're used to saying I love you to somebody else, why not say it at a different time of the day? Why not say it at an unusual moment? Maybe not just express it with words. Take somebody's hands and say, do you know what? I love you. Because love 
is the fulfillment of the law. In Psalm 89 verse 48, what man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? You know, we know those six uh, six score years and ten, as as we just read earlier on in David's Psalms. There is a a limit to the time that we have. And I want you to reflect upon that. Not just from a life point of view, but from a priority point of view. Some people talk about having a bucket list. And some people often do this when they have a wake-up call for whatever. Um, A dear friend of ours, some of you will know Keith Hazel. Uh, Keith Hazel... um, who led the network that we're part of, Lifelinks International, a man from Essex who moved to Canada, started a church network, and a father of the the prophetic ministry. And he's spoken to my life many times. He's spoken into thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lives over the years. And I remember him and his nephew, Mike, were driving down the freeway one day, and there was an accident in front of them. Three-lane freeway, and Mike jammed his foot on the brakes. And as he jammed his foot on the brakes, the car, it was a slightly slippery surface, the the car swung round, and now they were facing the cars coming towards them. And they were looking at the cars coming towards them and realised there was nowhere to go. They thought they were going to be hit. And I remember, you know, Keith Keith shared this after the event. He said, you know, I shout out, Jesus, help me. He said, somehow these two cars just parted enough and we went straight through the middle. He said, we, we didn't hit a thing. He said, there were other cars that hit other cars, but we didn't hit a thing. And when we finally came to a stop and the, all the traffic came to the stop, no scratch, no whiplash, no nothing. In times of need, let's call on Jesus. In moments of, of worry, let's prioritize and do what the Father wants us to do. In Ecclesiastes verses 12, chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, It says, remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the well. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Now, who is the ultimate creator? It is God. God created us in his image. He wants fellowship with us. And there are things that are valuable. Gold and silver are deemed as valuable. But you know what? Time with God, in my opinion, is so much more valuable. I don't know whether you've been on the time-saving course. I don't know whether you've got a time-saving app on your phone. But just let me ask you a question. When you talk about saving time, where do we put it? Where do we keep it? What do we do with it? Because actually, my clock ticks the same speed as your clock. The only way you can change that is going to space. And I believe if you go into space, you can be a few seconds short, younger, younger or older. I can't remember which way around it is. But I believe if you go into space, you age slightly differently just because of planetary organization. So let's prioritize what God has. But I want, want to think about how God made us and how God's designed us. Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the inner depths of his heart. Now, another scripture talks about, your word is a lamp unto my path, a light unto my path and a lamp unto my way. And I just want to say, okay, your word, 
Are we prioritising that too? What does God say to us through his word? Does it feed you? Does it sustain you? Somebody wants to go on hunger strike, then they often will stop eating because they want to prioritise something else. And in prioritising something else, they, they, they will show you that there is something more important than eating. If you've got a choice between reading scripture and having a meal, what might you do? We feed ourselves. We feed, we feed God. We feed our spirits. We feed our inner man. Let the lamp of God's word speak to our spirits. Let me encourage you. Nurture your heart. Nurture your life. Feed, your, feed yourself well. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 14. For God will bring every work into judgment, including the secret things. So please don't think that it got, you know, God only sees certain things. My mum, Jean was her name, she used to be the all-seeing one, as far as I was concerned, as a small boy. If I was upstairs in my room doing something that I shouldn't do, there'd be a voice that came upstairs sometimes saying, and I always knew that it was this question, when, they, when she called me David rather than Dave. Now, if she called me Dave, it's time for tea, everything was okay. She said, David, what are you doing? It had a different connotation, and I don't know whether you also have that same kind of feeling in your world. It seemed uncannily that sometimes I'd be doing something in my bedroom that I shouldn't be doing. And in doing that thing that I shouldn't be doing, there'd be this voice comes up the stairs and says, David, what are you doing? And what came down from me was, oh, nothing, mum. Likewise. So what do I want to ask you this morning? I want to encourage when time is running out, these are the things we need to think about. Number one, make space to pray. I'm not just talking about time to pray. I'm talking about space to pray. Um, there have been times in my life when I've been at a meeting, I've been having dinner, and I felt a nudge of the Holy Spirit. I felt that I ought to say something. Maybe the conversation is getting into a difficult topic. I really don't know what to say. Do you know what I used to do? I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I used to say, excuse me, I've just got to go to the toilet. Is that okay? And that was my little space to pray. I wasn't going to the toilet. I went into the toilet. But I was really going there to have 30 seconds with God. Shut out the conversation. Say, okay, what do you want me to say here? What do you want me to do now, Lord? Sometimes just stepping out gives you enough space. God can do in a moment more than we can do in a lifetime. So think about that. God could download into you and to me what we need to do for a lifetime in just a few pictures, a few words. And then as God speaks, let's take time to think. And as we take time to think, let's prioritise with his priorities, not our priorities. And then the most important thing of all, Let's do something. Do you know what? We can become experts in the theories of God. And if we become experts in the theories of God, we become religious. And honest, I'll be honest with you, religion is something I don't have a lot of time for. Some people might say to me, Dave, you're religious. And I go, well, I hope not. 
I hope not. Because for me, the most important thing is my relationship that I have, the relationship that I can share, and the relationship that I want to share with you. And that relationship with my Creator, who sent His one and only Son, Jesus, who came to this earth to pay a price because I get it wrong. And it's a personal transaction. It's not a generic transaction. I know people often talk about Jesus came to this earth to save mankind. Well, that's true. But let's make it specific. God came to this earth to die for you and for me. He paid the price for you and for me. And so it's personal. It was God's priority. And God followed through on it. He sent his one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus prioritized the father's uh, priorities. He said to his father, is this really what you want me to do? Basically, I know I'm summarizing a bit here, but is this really what you want me to do? Please take this cup from me. But he went all the way to the cross. He went to death and beyond. And he rose again in fulfillment of scripture. So, make space to pray. Take time to think. Priorities with God's priorities. And then do it. Let me pray. Father, I want to pray for those who feel time is running out. Maybe time is running out in relationship. Maybe time is running out in, from a health point of view. Maybe time is running out from a work situation point of view or from a financing point of view. And so there's a real sense of worry. Father, I pray that you download peace to all those folk who are feeling those things. There would be a download of peace into hearts and lives today that we would say that, as, as, as Paul wrote, godly contentment is great gain. That even in the midst of change, even in the midst of a chapter coming to an end, there would be peace and completeness, I pray. Father, I pray that you'd open new doors, new doors of opportunity, new doors of purpose, new doors of strengthening and healthy living, of healing and wholeness, restored relationships, rebuilt hearts, reconnected people, new jobs, new homes, new spending practices. And so, Father, I pray that, Lord, even as, as we sense this train of things coming down the line, Father, I pray that, Lord, the sense of urgency would ca cause us to draw ourselves to you and not to others. Father, rather than saving time, help us to use time the best way we can use it. Help us to bring glory to you in who we are, in what we say, in how we do it. Father God, I pray in your mighty name. Amen. <clears throat> do you want me to do the notices, Letty? Yeah, okay. So I don't know whether anybody remembers... Oh. That's very interesting. I, was thinking, I, I thought I was changing slides on the screen there. Okay. Try a different technology.
So there was me happily thinking I was changing the screen and showing you all the scriptures, and uh, you've just been looking at the title of my sermon. A couple of practical things. Thank you for those who came and helped with gardening on Monday. Uh, we've still got weeds to get on top of, so we'll do another session. We've managed to fill the wheelie bin with weeds. And when I say a wheelie bin, I don't mean a household wheelie bin. I mean an industrial wheelie bin full of weeds. So there were a lot of weeds to be pit, picked, uh, and we've got quite a few of them under control. Um, but we're going to do another session once the bin has been emptied in August. So, Okay, get, let me get to the notices. Right. 